Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Malkia Sunrise. Uh, I want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who tuned in to my first episode. I received a lot of feedback and I'm really grateful for all those who took the time to listen to my first episode um, and provide feedback. And thank you for coming on this journey with me. Um, so today, um, episode two, I'm going to spend some time continuing on the series on the road to Beijing and seeing how we can unpack part of this uh, women empowerment journey and what happened before Beijing and then maybe next week we can tackle Beijing as an episode by itself. So um, so Mexico happened. So last week I took you through the journey from before the whole uh, women, when, when women empowerment conversation started um, and, and some of the conventions that were passed and the progress that we made and today i just want to do a very quick highlight on mexico and the sec which was 1975 and then copenhagen which was 1980. um so like i said last week um the meeting in mexico was there was it was in the middle of the cold war there was the whole east versus west conversation that was going on there was a lot of fight and the reason why the main reason they were holding the convention was not necessarily to advance the women empowerment conversation but more to as a way to showcase our version of women equality is more advanced than your version of women equality and so women attended and and the outcomes from that um, and the feedback not the feed, the articles that were written about that mexico meeting were that the meeting was more of a puppet show and the women who attended the meetings were being controlled by the men who were back home so most of the decisions most of the feedback that was being given in the meeting was about was was feedback from the men who were back home um, and the other thing was the tensions were so high that the West, the women from the US were not allowed to interact in any way with socialist women, not in the hallways, not in the restrooms. There was supposed to be no interaction because then they're going to influence um, your decision making. And, and something else that came out of it was most of the documents that were written were interpreted with the West's uh, that Western definition of women empowerment and women uh, and the journey for women equality, and so uh, there was a there was a lot of conversation around from the socialists and from also some African countries um, and Asian countries that the women equality journey is and attaining women equality and women empowerment is not just about being a woman from the west and yet the west felt that you know if you follow our version or our way of uh, women empowerment then you are going to achieve this nirvana of gender equality so that's the meeting in mexico um and and you can get more from my article if you took some time to read about it i it has a bit on that and there were there was a lot of conversation around um in mexico talking about um advancing education um 
increasing employment and eliminating discrimination um, in employment and then trying to push for countries that are still not allowing women to vote to participate in voting and the political process and recognizing the value of women at home so that's what uh, was passed in mexico and so and also at the end of uh, the mexico meeting they declare 10 years that are coming now from 1975 to 1985 to be the decade of women so women are going to be the focus on women empowerment is going to be for this decade we're going to make policies and uh, policies and advance the women empowerment conversation then 1980 is supposed to be the five-year mid midpoint mark where then countries will go back and say this is how far we've made it and this is this is the support that we need to improve this women empowerment journey I feel like I'm saying women empowerment too much. <laughs> anyway, so five years comes and it's 1980. Initially, the meeting is supposed to be held in Iran. Uh, but in 1979, there's an Iranian revolution and there's a hostage crisis where the um, Western, Western citizens, um, so the US citizens are held as hostages in Iran. And so this is causing political tensions. In addition to that, the Cold War is still going on. And then there's the Palestine war that is going on and there's apartheid. And so most of the attendees of the 1980 conference feel like the entire conference is diluted by all the political activities and all the political conversations that are happening so it's highly politicized and there's and rather than focusing on the women issues that are happening at the time and this includes women issues in palestine in iran and in um and in south africa the focus is more on the political tensions and because of this, there are a number of countries that abstained from voting during the, the conference and, and did not want. And in fact, the U.S. women decided they were not going to vote. Well, they didn't decide the men who are seated back home advised them not to um, to vote uh, for the for the issues that were coming up because they didn't like the language that was used in the in the documentation. And where is Africa at this time? So in 1980, a lot of African countries have gained independence. There may be some approaching two decades of independence, some slightly less. Um, in Kenya, we have a new president, a new regime. Um, and so for who, who attended the Mexico conference from Kenya, I found out it was Zipora Kitoni, but I have no idea who attended the 1980 conference. I would love to find out about that i'm still looking for that information but anyway back to copenhagen um so you have african countries now trying to bring out their voice um you have the the, the socialist women still trying to bring out their voice and say you know achieving equality is not only going through the um, achieving the western or behaving like the western women but there's also a lot of conflict because for one, African countries are still being referred to as third world countries. And this is including articles that I have come across. You know, you these third world countries need to be brought together and and the West is arranging sidebar conferences, um, conf meetings on the sidelines to show African women how to um, behave and how to advance 
gender equality. And then there's a UN group, um, it's called UN Group 77. And it's a group of um, very vocal leaders from developing countries who feel that the women equality conversation is not a priority for them. And so what they're demanding and what they send the women into this conference. So 77 countries have sent women to represent them in, in, in the 1980 Copenhagen conference. And the conversation they're pushing for is we want unlimited financial support from the West to support our unspecified economic development, which is a priority before uh, meeting the needs of women. And if you provide this unspecified amount financial support and unlimited financial support, then the discrimination against women is going to magically disappear because there's now development. But all is not lost. Um, one of the most significant milestones uh, during the Copenhagen meeting is the adoption of the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. And 165 countries sign um, to implement and ratify the, the and, and start the process of ratification of the document. Um, and it's supposed to enable women who are victims of sexual discri sex, sexual discrimination to submit their conferences um and 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 it starts and it's a very good uh, step towards the achieving women empowerment and women equality and actually allowing women to be able to come forth um about any challenges including domestic violence which for the first time is mentioned in a UN convention um, at this conference but also one of the some of the things that came up um, at the Copenhagen conference was that while there was a plan of action that was passed in Mexico the reasons why these actions were not taken um, and that women were not able to exercise their rights include um, lack of involvement by men in improving the role of women in society, lack of political support, um, lack of recognition of the value of women. There's also lack of attention to uh, the needs of women in planning. Um, and then there's a shortage of, there's also the recognition that there's a shortage of women in decision-making positions. Um, there's insufficient services to support um, women and there is lack of financial resources also to support. So are the governments going to increase their financial spending and their financial budgets towards uh, women empowerment? Um, that's a question that now is brought up in this in, in this conference. And there's also, again, the lack of awareness um, amongst women about which opportunities are, are available to them. And so at the end of the Copenhagen uh, meeting, they come up with what they call a program a program of action, which is supposed to now have stronger national measures um, to ensure that women can be able to, uh, that, that countries can see an improvement in uh, women's rights um, in various pillars and categories that have been set up. And 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 most countries are also urged to, uh, to um, end stereotyping and increase their budgets for women empowerment. So that's a very short, um, short and sweet summary of the first two conferences um, and if you'd like more information please reach out to me and I'm happy to provide that uh, but just before I close I'd also like to speak 
just a bit um, and digress from the two conferences that we've just talked about and talk about what women empowerment has looked like um, in Kenya. Just a little bit of what I have found. So in Kenya, um, one thing I saw, I've, I found is that women empowerment started even before um, the before colonize before we achieved independence and and this is seen in the setup and registration of Mindeleo Yawanawake in 1952 and the involvement of women in the uh fight for our our independence um and then after that in 1964 the national council of women is registered and it's supposed to tackle national issues um, for women but it's very very unpopular with um, our second president and while the government is sending representation to both the meeting in mexico in 1975 and the meeting in copenhagen in 1980 women empowerment is seen as formation of um women social welfare groups so you have a lot of women groups that are being formed under the national um the the n ncwk ncwk the national council of women in kenya and but their main role is to provide entertainment to dignitaries and have um cheap labor so <laughs> yeah that that is the role that is the role of most women groups and as the un and um the conventions are meeting and allowing people to and, and encouraging governments to participate in the women empowerment conversation and the women empowerment journey only 0.1 percent of the kenyan budget between 1978 and 1982 is allocated towards taking care of women groups and what are the women groups doing providing entertainment for dignitaries and cheap labor um <laughs> wow uh and you know and and i'm not downplaying the role of women who have um encouraged conversations to take place i'm not downplaying what um wangari madai did she's one of the very strong advocates for women empowerment um and and, and talking about how we need to take care of the world for our future children but i'm also giving the reality i'm not downplaying that the role they played a very important role but i think it's also important to talk about how the lack of seriousness in the political class at this time when the the conversation around uh women empowerment is taking place and it's not just in africa it's it's in the in the entire world that the west um does not want their women participating in conversations of third world countries or um what is happening in south africa in the apartheid you know for them the the conversation is that is not their problem and the this same year 1980 is when the conversation around elimination of an abolition of female genital mutilation is coming up and the boys have been told you know what that's none of your business it's not your concern that's for um the third world countries to deal with and then you have the soviets who are still having the conversation around our version of women empowerment is more is more advanced than your conversation so it's it's an interesting time in the in the journey for women empowerment um it's unfortunate that the, it's marred by the politics of the time and as you can see steps are made in every conference so at the mexico conference you have um at 
you have an action plan that 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 is meant to be implemented by countries that is supposed to be reviewed midway in 1980 this is because they've declared 1975 to 1985 the decade of the women so it's supposed to be um reviewed midway um and whatever progress may have been made is now marred by the politics of the time so then now there's a step back to focus on polit to focus on the politicization of the conference um and while there's milestones that are achieved in copenhagen um let's see how this conversation unfolds as we get into 1985 the next conference um at the end of the decade is 1985 it's held in nairobi i'll have that for you in the next episode and we'll also tackle the big conference of the talk of the century the talk of the end of the decade the conference in beijing and what made it so different what made it um, so popular and why are we still talking about it to today so i'm really excited about the next episode um, this episode was just giving you taking you through a quick um, summary of what happened in mexico and what happened in copenhagen and i hope you'll stay tuned to the next episode where we speak about nairobi and beijing see ya